0: Now you're in the W.O.R. Sports Zone with Pete McCarthy and guest co-host Sal Licata. All right, coming out after the seven o'clock news, time for the Mets Hot Stove Report, as it is uh, every night at this time. And uh, with myself, Sal Licata, it's uh, John Harper, of the New York Daily News, who joins us right now. And uh, John, how are we doing tonight? and we'll get uh, we'll get John up in a, in a second and uh, and make that happen but obviously a um, you know big offseason big week for the Mets uh, after hiring Mickey Callaway on Monday and uh now it's time. Yeah, You got Mickey Calloway. Now it's time to get some players.
2: And yes, Hart, that's the real thing. Yeah, exactly. And Hart basically alluded to that in a column that is posted online now and
0: I believe will be in tomorrow's Daily News, so we'll get into that with him. Yeah, certainly. And, uh, you know, it'll be a big test, um, you know, for the Mets here, whether it be ownership. Do they give Sandy Alderson, the front office, the money that they need to put together a competitive team? And, you know, what does the uh, front office do with it? And, you know, in, in terms of, uh, you know, trying to get the Mets back to where they need to be. But we get uh, John Harper back right now, and uh, you know Mickey Callaway looked like a good start on Monday. But this is where the real fun begins, John.
3: Yeah, well, <laughs> I kind of wrote about that uh, today, and as, as, as I say, you know I'm still not used to this. It's on the uh, it's on the internet today, but it's in tomorrow's paper. <laughs> uh, but but yeah, I, you know Callaway, uh, I, I like to hire just because I think look they're all about pitching right now, and uh, a lot of the baseball people rave about this guy. But to me, it's about you know what do they do now? You know are they going to spend the money? To me, Sandy Alderson, he really has a lot to prove here as far as I think his legacy as GM because he's got to make the moves to put this team back on track. And when you really look at it, what he's done, he got to the World Series on Omar Minaya's players for the most part. So uh, and when it kind of fell apart, they don't they didn't have the organizational depth to uh, that they I think they should have had based on their drafts in the last several years since he's been there. So. I think this is all on Sandy right now to figure out a way to put this back together.
0: Well, it's got to, you know, partially be ownership too, right? To give him the money necessary to, to fill the holes possible. Uh, do, is there anything that you could read into going into this off that you know the payroll will be back where it was last year or, or or beyond and allow you know more options at the very least for the front office?
3: Well, I didn't like you know, some of the things like, you know you hear in Sandy say late in the year after they made some of those trades which were really just about uh, getting rid of salary that he had uh, basically promised ownership that he'd be able to get out, get get rid of some of that money because they were, he, you know, he, he said they were over budget. So where are they going to be next year? I have a feeling the, the payroll is not going to be as high as it was this year. So how much are they going to have to spend? Uh, that remains to be seen. I, I have a feeling it's not going to be as much as fans want, that's for sure. And to me, though, they're in a spot where, they have to spend because they don't have much coming from the farm system, but they still have kind of a, this win-now team. They have, they're paying sets for this ton of money. The pitchers are starting to get to the point. Harvey's a year from free agency. We don't know what he's going to be this year, but uh, the, these other guys are getting closer to arbitration and make a bigger money. So I think they're in a spot where you still you have to make a, a go for it right now. Otherwise, you're going to have to go into another rebuild. Oh, this
2: is one of the biggest off-seasons that this franchise has faced in years. We're talking with Daily News, John Harper. Harp a couple of different things. Uh, you, you talk about the payroll, and I get why every fan wants to talk about that, okay? One way or another, regardless of what anybody thinks or says, we're going to find out. I mean, in the coming months, we're going to find out if they put together a championship-caliber team or not, but you touched on something I find interesting. Why is, you know, this long into Sandy Alderson's tenure, why is the farm system so barren. It, it, it can't be you know, the Michael Fulmer trade for Ioannis Espinis. Why don't they have any depth in that farm system, and why haven't we seen a lot of the younger players come up and perform up to the capabilities that we were hoping when Alderson and his regime took over?
3: Yeah, it comes down to they haven't made the picks that you to give them. They haven't made enough, uh, got enough impact players out of their draft picks. It starts with some of the number one picks. We still don't really know much about Nimo if, if he's a guy that can really help them at the major league level on a consistent basis. And uh, Gavin Caccini was another number one pick who has, looks like he hasn't worked out. We'll see about Dom Smith. Uh, Confort, you got to give him credit for Conforto, obviously. Mm-hmm. But, uh, but it's not just the number one picks. You know, these teams, teams that, you know, I mean, look at Cody Bellinger was a fourth-round pick or fifth-round pick, something like that. You have to be able to get guys. That's why they give you as many picks as they do because baseball... It's harder to project and you're you're supposed to be able to find talent and they just don't have, they don't have enough impact guys. That's what it comes down to. And what is now, What six years of drafting uh, under in the Alderson regime?
0: And we're talking John Harper, at the Daily News, and and even though the Cespedes deal is what sticks in everyone's mind, and they made a a lot of prospect deals, they traded a lot of prospects over uh, a couple of years there, um, you know, trying to you know bring in the Kelly Johnsons and the veterans to help supplement the roster. So part of the reason that they don't have the depth there at the other upper levels, but I mean, how much is that hamstring what the Mets are able to do? Let me just
3: throw in there. They did. They did. Trade away a lot of guys you know for for guys like uh uh Tyler Clippert even things like that yeah. along the way, but none of those guys have turned out this as far as i've I've looked at it. It turned out to be what you call impact players. I think that's that's the real issue here. Yeah. Uh,
0: how about um? It really minimizes their options, though, right? Because you're not going to look to move Ahmed Rosario. Maybe Dom Smith comes up, but it, they don't have prospects to trade. Like if the Marlins are going to blow things up and Stanton or Yellich, Ozuna, D. Gordon become available, you know, how much can the Mets play in that area versus you know, just having to sign free agents?
3: Yeah, that's the problem. They don't have a lot to trade. Uh, I, I threw in there uh, the thing I wrote that, you know, would you consider some kind of maybe packaging Dom Smith and trying to maybe get a pitcher? To me, uh, you know, Hosmer is really one of the more attractive guys on the market. He has, from what talking to baseball people, he definitely has more temperament for New York than a who's kind of I'm hearing you know, kind of a high strung guy. Hosmer is he, I, to me, you know, he's got a lot of David Wright in him. I think he's uh, considered the leader over there that would be a real coup. I think you bring him in, but obviously they have a a player there in Don Smith. And, you know, part of this is you have young players. That's where you save the money. So Hosmer or the free, any free agent, like that uh, ilk is going to cost you a lot of money. So, how do you make it work? That, and that is the problem is they don't have a lot to trade right
2: now. Yeah, but they're har- They're basically saving it almost every other position. They, the, the bottom line is this. They can't run out there with the same cast of characters. So if you're going to upgrade at third base, you go sign Mustak is fine. I like what you're saying about trying to trade Dom Smith. Maybe you could add something if Dom Smith has some value, right? I mean, they love him, so maybe he has some value to where you could add another piece and then go sign Hosmer. He's a great leader. You talked about Alderson and leadership. The guy's a proven winner. They, they need to upgrade somewhere you can't go. With Darno and Plowecki, Dom Smith, Rosario, Wilmer Flores, Isdrubel Cabrera, Juan Lagares, and Brandon Nemo. and Kutfor. you can't do it. I mean, they need to change. So where are they getting creative to upgrade? They either a have to spend, b make some trades, and I think they have to do a and b trade and spend.
3: Yes, yes I think so too. I think you got. They have to be creative because it's not. They're not in the position of the Yankees right now. These guys are just coming up off the farm system. Uh, you know they have a situation in the outfield now. How, how are they going to address that? First of all, you don't know when Conforto is going to be back. Second of all, where is he going to play? Is he going to be in center field or is he going to be in right field? Uh, if you're still thinking, I know toward the end of last year they're thinking they can have him in center field. Okay, then who's you got to go get a bat to me in right field? Is it J.D. Martinez? I mean, are you bringing Jay Bruce back? Somebody like that? Uh, I think you got to yeah, you got to get a couple bats and. So I you know I've been saying this all along. I still I know Wade Davis. He had a couple ups and downs in the playoffs, but I would still love to see him try and build a super pen. Put him in the back of that pen with uh, Familia and Ramos, and those guys are free agents after next year. So for one year, you'd have them all together, create that super pen, and give that give that starting rotation some uh, some support as well. I, there are a lot of ways to do it. And it does come, I think, as you guys have both said, it comes down to how much money are
0: they going to be willing to spend? Yeah, and, uh, you know, how many options, how many holes are they able to fill in, in the whole nine yards there as we chat with John Harper right now. Um, you know, with Mickey Calloway coming in as the new manager, you, you caught up with Bud Black. You know, how, how similar do you think it is, you know, for these two guys, both hired by Sandy Alderson, both with backgrounds as pitching coaches, uh, and, and both, you know, taking over a, a National League team as well?
3: Yeah, I think it is interesting because. I do think, uh, you know, Bud was. Uh, he, we talked. I talked to him about this. That there is a, you know, a little bit of a stigma in a clubhouse of a, a guy who was a pitching coach coming in as manager, just because position players tend to look at pitchers as, hey, they're pitchers. They're not. They're not real players. It's almost like that, you know. So, what does this guy know about the game besides pitching? They they have a little bit to prove here. And Bud Black told me he he kind of sat down and even addressed that. Uh, with some of his veteran players, and wanted to let them know, hey, I understand where you're coming from. I'm not having been in your shoes. I'm not going to turn you how tell you how to turn a double play, but I know I know the game, and kind of let you. That you have to kind of let them see how you think, how you manage things. It's really more about managing people. Uh, I mean, anybody that knows baseball, you should be able to make the the proper kind of in game moves. But I I, I think uh, from what I saw, I think this is a guy that. You know, his personality will be infectious, I think, with the players. These, these Mets should be looking, you know, for somebody to kind of lead them now. And uh, I thought he did go a little over the top in terms of uh, we're going to care for these guys more than they've <laughs> ever been cared for. But if that's his, you know, if that if the most important thing I think a manager has to be himself, if That's if that's who he is, that enthusiastic, I think that's genuine. And you know it can work if players are uh, going to buy into it.
2: That's the old school and harp right there showing up. Uh, it's it's been <laughs> the game has changed, harp. It's well,
0: he said he
3: demand more nah. than anybody else.
0: Also, yeah,
2: I know it's just it is a little well, you tough know to take.
3: I, you know why? I, I I remember Jeff Torborg. I go back to Jeff Torborg days, and uh, you know which led to the you know the worst two money could buy. And he can He was a college guy. He you know he was a raw rock guy. He really had more of a college uh, kind of way about him doing things. You know, and and players are just rolling their eyes almost from the first day, and that that's the risk you run. You have you, you understand? You know, if you have young players, that was a kind of a veteran team. If you have young players, you can work, but you got to understand. Player, major league players, you know, they've been around the block, and they want to know what's what. They don't want to hear speeches about you know just pie in the sky stuff.
2: Harp, how about the staff? Who's going to pick? Cause you look, Mickey Callaway is not going to be the lone guy there. It's not just like they're going to have a pitching coach as a manager. They're going to get some guys in there who are familiar with, uh, position players. Who's picking the staff? What direction do you think that they go in?
3: Yeah, I, it sounds like, I mean, the front office is going to be you know, heavily involved as they are with just about everything. And Calloway kind of deferred to, uh, Alderson the other day at the press conference on that stuff. Uh, I think he'll have some input, but, uh, I think the key is finding out about Kevin Long. Um, they would still love to have him back as a hitting coach. Now I don't know if he's gonna if he's gonna be willing. It might be a little awkward coming back after he, after he wanted the same job as Mickey Callaway. But I think it starts there, and then uh, I would think Callaway would have the most uh, influence on the pitching coach because obviously there has to be some compa- compatibility there. So, uh, but. They really need, if it's not Long, they've got to find somebody that's going to work with these offensive players. That's well, important.
0: If Long doesn't get the job in Washington, I guess we'll find out about Callaway's communication skills, uh, <laughs> whether he could talk Long into, <laughs> you know, right. joining the staff, being comfortable. But uh, John Harper, of the New York Daily News, uh, always great having you on, and, and we appreciate the time.
3: Okay, thanks, guys. And
0: mm-hmm. check out uh, John's article on the Daily News website on just um, you know w- what is on the line here for Sandy Alderson and company. Have you? He mentioned it there when
2: he was talking about Torborg. Have you ever read that? Uh, yeah, the worst team money can buy. Yeah, A phenomenal. It, book, it's one of the it?
0: first teams that I remember, and then I, I read it in high school, uh, and it was you know kind of one of those eye-opening behind-the-scenes baseball books. I didn't remember just how crazy it was. Like I remember Vince Coleman with the fire firecrackers right, right. or whatever it was, but. Like, um, Saber Hagen with the bleach. I mean, there's a things that didn't add up all the like I didn't remember as much as a kid, but then you read it back and it's like, man, these are the guys I grew up watching, and they're all a bunch of pains of the butts.
2: <laughs> <laughs> it is a great book, though. I just read it recently for the first time, really? thought, Yeah, it's good. It's like you said, yeah, it's a good reference he point. He and yeah. Bob
0: Clapish uh, come mm-hmm. together for that book. Uh, open the iHeartRadio app Halloween weekend to get a free preview of iHeartRadio All Access. That means you get everything. Search and play any song instantly, unlimited skips, and your custom artists. Stations, create your own playlist, download music right to your phone to listen offline. This Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, open the app for the iHeartRadio all access free preview. We'll take some Mets calls. We come back 800 321 710, a Wednesday night with Sal Lacata. It's Pete McCarthy in the Sports Zone on the Voice of New York 710 WOR. We're back in the WOR Sports Zone. Here's Pete McCarthy and guest co host Sal Lacata. It's good chatting with uh, John Harper of the Daily News. Perfect basketball player, by the way, Sal. Have you have you ever yeah. gotten on the court with him?
2: I have. Yes, I have gotten on the court with him. He's also a tremendous softball player. Oh, really? Oh my goodness. He's. Uh, I don't want to say he's better at one than the other, but I was more impressed with him playing softball than even hoops. Was he like shortstop? Or? Yep. Yep. Oh, okay. Smooth, smooth as hands as you could imagine. He's great. excellent hands, and he's a great point guard with hoops. When did you play hoops with him? I never did, but oh. I, I just I've heard about it over the years, and I was talking hoops with him. He used to he play. Came in studio last year. Oh, yeah. Yeah, he used to play with Cone and all those guys he used to play. That's when he, you know, back when the players would mingle with the media. Now it's not necessarily like that, but he would always play pickup games with those guys on the road.
0: Yeah, I guess he can hang too, uh, you know. He's good. He's not he's not that tall, you know, not as tall as all the ball players would great, have been, but great athlete. Hang.
2: Don't tell him about his size or his age. He is a phenomenal what athlete. what's
0: your best athletic Achievement thing that you have? Do, do you have like a. Did I you was, ever have something you were good at?
2: I was, yeah, I was decent at baseball. I was good. I was a better fielder than I was a pitcher or hitter. But I was good at baseball, and I had good baseball IQ. You had high <laughs> baseball IQ,
0: huh? That's what he says now all these years later. I, want, I wish I had who, Who's was your recent baseball coach? If they could call in right now yeah, we'll find yeah, out about no, Sal's they, baseball IQ. They're all lost, and I'm glad now they're
2: listening and watching me dictate <laughs> uh, what goes on. Were you good at uh, baseball? No, wasn't good at no, 32- <laughs> no I it. It wasn't good at anything.
3: Eight hundred three two. wasn't good at anything.
0: 800 Let's grab some Mets calls here. Matt in Queens, how are we doing tonight, Matt?
3: Hey, I'm doing good. A Great interview before. before. Um, you know, I look at this hiring, and obviously as a fan, I'm hoping it, it works out. But I look at the Indians. They had three starting pitchers this year with an ERA of over four. Josh Tomlin had an ERA of 4.9 and close to five. So as great as people want to make this guy out to be, you had three guys that didn't pitch at a high level. So I don't have all the confidence in the world that he's all of a sudden going to do great things. I mean, you got to
0: look at the whole,
1: right. the whole and five years. And the, the,
0: that team's ERA, the year before he came in, was tied for the worst, I believe it was, in the American League. The five right. years that he was there, they had the best ERA in the American League, the most strikeouts, and they did it while throwing the least amount of pitches per inning. I no mean, way. there's a lot to like there when you look at the total picture. Yeah, but let's not right. get caught up in the numbers
2: either. Well, this guy well, had, had a four-year-old. I, I mean, mean, you think Leo Mazzoni would be a great pitching coach if he didn't have Smoltz, Maddox, and Glavin? I mean, come on. It's right, about the right. pitchers. But he had
0: different personalities. You know, Trevor Bauer is a guy that he he had difficulty fitting in in different organizations. Arizona couldn't wait to ship him out of town, even though they took him top three in the draft. And he has his own ideas about pitching, and it was very – controversial within the game when he first came out because he wants the long toss to do all these different things throw weighted baseballs if you read jeff passens the arm you get a sense for him well he finally put it all together the second half of this year and i mean he give some credit to the the pitching coach for at least managing a lot of different personalities there and it it worked i mean they were successful yeah what
2: about dan warden I mean, you could look at some years and say, oh, my goodness, look at this year Matt sure. Harvey had with Dan Worthen. Oh, my goodness, look at this year he had with Syndergaard. And then you could also look at, oh, my goodness, look at this year that he had with Harvey. Let's look little, at 2017. Uh, well, that's what I mean. So it's not about the pitching coach. Yeah, it's nice to have a good pitching coach, a guy who's going to you know help these guys in certain areas. But it's,
0: not, it's up to the
2: pitcher. It's up to the caliber of player.
0: Right. Well, what are you judging these guys on, then? The pit You just guess when you hire a manager. I mean, no, you're you going to look at on that, his, don't his you? Overall, the fact no. he's there with Terry Francona, the, the fact that it's a winning organization, winning culture they've built yeah, there, including over the last few his years. His
2: personality, his ability to lead, all those different things. You're not you're not bringing him in here expecting he's going to lower everybody's ERA by point, you know, uh, five all. Well, they
0: all different philosophies, and you hope that it does impact the staff. Yeah, I just don't – I can't he, buy into you it. You hope he can keep them a, a little healthier, and I'll give you one way he might be able to do that. You know, Dan Warthin taught the slider, you know, consistently. That can be tough on the elbow. Callaway with the Indians, they all throw curveballs over there. Well, Maybe it, he puts more emphasis on that pitch, and it makes a difference Well, for let, let me
2: ask you then. How much impact did Mickey Callaway have on Corey Kluber pitching like a Cy Young Award winner throughout the first uh, throughout the regular season, mm-hmm. and they getting tattooed by the Yankees in the postseason? Was that a Mickey Callaway product? Could be. I don't know. Well, well,
0: I mean, I mean, he's also a Cy Young Award winner twice under Mickey Callaway. So we're just going to ignore the five years of success Kluber had under the guy I think and point to two starts in the postseason. No, but I think it's about
2: the pitcher. I don't think it's about the pitching coach. I don't think Yowena Cespedes is a great hitter
0: because Kevin Long is a hitting
2: coach. Well, Good what about Murphy?
0: Daniel yeah, you know, Murphy don't... is a much different hitter because he worked with Kevin Long. Uh, mean, he I... can make a difference. He can't just no, throw it out the no, window. No, I am
2: throwing out the window. Mur- Murphy, uh, he may have learned a little bit from Kevin Long. I'm on. Not, he I'm changed
0: not... his whole approach yeah, at the plate. He yeah, yeah, yeah. became a totally different
2: hitter. Uh, maybe certain guys have certain impact. Well, how come nobody else in that lineup get could-
0: Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten Lucky? Lucky?
2: you tell telling me Kevin Long only resonated with Daniel Murphy, but everybody who's here playing for the actual Mets sure. under Kevin Long can't hit? I mean, I'm not asking it to run. They can't get a base hit? They're the worst offensive team I've ever seen under Kevin Long at times this year. Hey, if Kevin Long is that great of a genius, well, look what he did with Daniel Murphy. How come the team that I watched this year couldn't get a hit?
0: Now, I watched Mike. I mean, the, the offense wasn't a problem the first four oh, they, months they of the year. They were terrible. Are you kidding me? Stop. They were middle of the pack in the National League the first four months. The last two months, they're starting a bunch of kids.
2: Cespedes couldn't hit. Reyes couldn't hit. Nobody Did, did Michael
0: Conforto take a huge step forward this year offensively or Why no? Why is he so
2: inconsistent, Conforto? Are we going to put that on the
0: hitting coach as well? I'll take the numbers overall. You see what he did overall this year? It's Conforto's a good hitter. That's why he hits. You can be more of a power hitter, which is what Murph—Murph's always a good hitter. He became an MVP candidate because he started to lift the ball a little bit more.
2: Yeah, I just don't—I don't buy the coaches of that big of an influence on players. I mean, when
0: you watch guys change their whole swing, I don't know how you can't, you know, give some a you know, hat tip to a pitching coach, a hitting coach, whatever it might be, when guys do make significant changes in how they go about their business. Let's grab uh, one more call before we hit the break. Ray and Waterbury. What's up, Ray?
3: Hi, guys. Great show tonight. Thank you been quite a met week, you know. it started out very exciting and then when we get a beat writer on reality sets in. It's always <laughs> about their doubtful about the budget. You know, bottom line they can't hide behind this manager and make it all a big exciting thing no. and then just and then lowball us with With uh, a few moves,
0: you know. Hey, nobody's dressing up like Mickey Callaway for Halloween, unless it's Baboots, (laughs) right? I mean, people aren't going; they're not buying Callaway jerseys. That alone is not going to fire anybody up about the Mets. It's about the moves they have to make this offseason. That's what it's always going to be about. And you know, this isn't a manager that's won six World Series. I mean, listen, they have to make moves this offseason. That's what's going to get the fans excited.
3: Yeah, I mean, they got to bring in two hitters, two good hitters, a, a bullpen, a good bullpen piece. And another starter. Agreed. And then yeah. we're good to go.
2: Agreed.
0: Well, they might need a, a little more than that, but at least those four pieces. And the question
2: is not – how many people they should bring in because I think you just touched on it. it's where they're going to bring them in is it going to be a first baseman a third baseman an outfielder all of the above uh, are they going to go get a big reliever or are they going to get a starter it, I mean they need to address a lot of areas here that just bringing in Mickey
0: Calloway is not going to help out they need to upgrade this roster and they got to figure out what you prioritize do you prioritize you know like John Harper super bullpen go mm-hmm. out spend 17 million dollars a year on Wade Davis do you prioritize that extra starting pitcher that you need to give you innings and give Lance Lynn seventeen million dollars, or are you looking at Mike Mustakis at third base, paying him twenty mil? Uh, Hosmer twenty. Would you rather mil.
2: have Hosmer? Forget about Dom Smith. Would you, if it, all things equal here mm-hmm. and everything open? Would you rather have Hosmer or Mustakis if it was your one big free agent signing? Uh,
0: I I think Mustak is a better fit when mm. you look at it financially with the years where he fits in the infield I'm not sold on Dom Smith but if you sign Hosmer now you got to move Dom I mean you got to you still have holes at third base and second but why base. Can't you
2: trade Dom Smith for something
0: and Hosmer's more of
2: a short sure thing I than is I, I don't
0: know what you get for Dom Smith I, I think you know teams would look at it and say you're trying to win now or you're trying to trade this kid um I think you get you know a relief pitcher like you're not you're not getting Ian Kinsler or, I don't know, Jason Kipnis, the difference maker at second base, or Brian Dozier. I don't know if you're getting that for Dom Smith.
2: Yeah, I just would not let Dom Smith hold me back from getting the best free agent player on the market. One who I'm turned off a little bit to what Harp said about finding out about the personality of both players. That's a big thing coming to New York. You could see. I like Mustakis as a player. I wouldn't rip the signing obviously if they went out there and did it. But you could see a scenario certainly where the Mets go give him a big time contract and he becomes a bust because it's not like he's been you know consistent throughout the entire career. Paul no, Hosmer's a
0: better hitter. Overall, and he's a
2: competitor. I love, I just well, Mustakas is too. Defender. I mean, Mustakas
0: was the guy yeah. on the top step when Syndergaard threw up and in on El Escobar. Yeah, I like both those guys for their competitiveness, but he was talking about
2: being a leader as well. I mean, I don't know, I love both those guys, but I, I think Hosmer, if I had to pick
0: one, Hosmer will get paid more. If all things are equal, you take Hosmer, but when you factor in, you know, how many years he might get, remember, too, Hosmer is a Scott Boris guy. Boris and the Mets—they haven't come together on you know a ton of contracts over the years. Yeah, I'm here.
2: not saying it's realistic. I'm just saying which one would you do? And if it were me, I'd look to trade Dom Smith, sign Eric Hosmer. I'd feel very comfortable about my team if that were the first move. I'd Yeah,
0: I, I I like the big power Mustakis, but I, I wouldn't. He's not your core number three, number four hitter. I think he's a, a five, mm-hmm. six guy. Drive him in a little later, and then you know maybe Jay Bruce is that three, four. You know, you, you there has to be a tandem here uh, that they they go out and say, I mean, there's a lot of work to do uh, for this Mets team. 800-321-0710. two one zero seven ten. We'll take some more Mets calls. We can get into uh, the Jets and you know Todd Bowles' personality. Is it uh, is it okay at this point? Are we are we all we're all okay with the you know chill press conferences and that kind of thing? We'll uh, we'll bounce around as we roll until nine o'clock. The Sports Zone with Pete McCarthy on a Sal Licata Wednesday on the Voice of New York seven ten W O R. Now more of the W O R Sports Zone with Pete McCarthy and guest co-host Sal Licata. All right, rolling until 9 o'clock tonight. We'll be getting into the Giants plenty in the 8 o'clock hour. 835 Tom Rock of Newsday uh, covers the Giants there. will be uh, with us as uh, Pete and Sal hanging out on this Wednesday night, as we like to do every Wednesday night here in the Sports Zone. Take your Mets calls, 800 Let's go to Jeff in the Bronx. What's going on, Jeff?
1: Hey, Pete. Hey, Sal. How you guys doing this evening? What's up, Jeff? Hey, um, just want to bring up a couple of med points and then an Y question for Sal, if you let me. Uh, about, about, You know, and I guess you could say we got this with the Neil Walker for, you know, Jonathan East trade. but if you look at the teams in the playoffs, they all got some, you know, substantial players for basically nothing. I mean, Chris Taylor, Jake Arrieta, D.D. Gregorius.
0: Justin you know, Turner.
1: <laughs> well, no, but that was, I mean, that was a signing. But I'm just talking about okay, trades where, like, you know, you know, where they gave up next to nothing and they got, you know, players like this. Even Carl Edwards Junior was like a throw in player in a trade the Cubs made. So it's like, you know, we other than I like, I was thinking about it, you know, other than the Neil Walker trade, I can't think of something in recent memory where we traded like nothing and we got somebody that really blossomed.
2: Oh, Dickey comes to mind. You well, traded already I mean, Dickey was for, a Cy
1: Young Award winner. I'm yeah, but still,
2: like... you knew that. I mean, come on, you got Noah. You, you made they made that trade thinking Travis Darno was going to be a stud catcher, and they end up getting an ace out of it with Noah. And look what Dickey's done since. He hasn't been Nothing.
0: anything close to a Cy Young Which Award winner. Which
2: was kind right? of predictable at the time, too. I mean, yes. I, unless you're uh, what was his name? Anthropolis with the Blue Jays. That was uh, the GM at the time yeah. who made that trade. Alex Anthopoulos. Yeah. yeah.
1: So there's a, but I'm just saying, Altuve as a Rule Five, you know, basically like walk-on kind of thing. Like, you know, we we need we need a couple of those little things to break our way, and they and they really haven't in the recent in recent years. You do.
2: I think you need that. You need a culmination of guys having career years. You need production where you weren't counting on it. You need a couple. You know, maybe one, two of those players to come out of nowhere and, and produce for you. A lot has to go right to win a World Series. That's why it's so impressive when you do, and even more so when you go on runs like the Yankees did. I mean, those. It's hard to do that. You got to spend money. You got to be lucky. You got to be healthy. You got to get, like I said, you got to make some of those trades that, that pan out where people would not necessarily see that coming. Now,
0: give me the SNY question, Jeff. What do you want
2: to ask? All right,
1: Sal. Now, listen, you're on the network. I'm actually have you on DVR right now, talking about the Jets Falcons game. I don't know how they allowed that to happen, but anyway.
0: Yeah, Jonas
2: asked how, me about it. Yeah.
1: How did SNY break in to their whatever they were showing in the evening to do the Joe Girardi press conference after the Yankee games? I mean, what like? I don't know. As a Met fan, I'm confused of, about I your question. Perturbed. Why would they break in? SMY was breaking in to do live coverage. Of George Girardi post game press conference yeah. after the Yankee game. What do you
2: want him to do? Ignore it? It's New York no, 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 sports.
1: It's one thing to show it on Sports Night, but to break in. Yes. Yeah, we, we were given, we were in. given, we were
2: given live coverage. As a matter of fact, I'm not just saying this because I worked there. We were given probably the best post game coverage that you could get.
0: Now, now, could you get Girardi live anywhere else? Because FS1 no. wasn't showing no. it, live, correct? And, and, and then Yes didn't come on till afterward, which is right? why right. I'm saying that it was pound yeah. for pound the best so, post
2: game show on. Now people normally go to FS1 for the Mets. Yeah, we were doing live. Yes, couldn't go to it. Have you heard about that delay? Right, that Fox Sports yes, they had to wait until FS1 right. ended, and then I guess they changed it. But yeah, and yes was even in a net game one night, so SNY was able to have live coverage with New York Sports Reaction and give you the sound. I mean, I think they should be applauded for that. and It's not a, just a Mets network; it's New York Sports. Yeah, and
0: it's Girardi in the the press conferences. They're not uh, thrilling, but there's certainly some big ones after there. You know, Game Two of the uh, you know division series, but you know the the Todd Bowles press conferences right now in uh, in New York. it has been a thing for a couple of years with him. Yeah, you know, they've won three games. They've overachieved. It's a you know really tough loss uh, this past week to Miami, followed by you know before you know the Patriots before. Did that oh, bother you the loss
2: to Miami? I want to know how you felt yeah, as a I, Jets I fan. I haven't
0: bought in. I just come on. I mean, it's terrible, but it's like yeah, this is what the, it's supposed to look like.
2: You hate the Dolphins. You have a four. What was a fourteen point lead right in the fourth quarter?
0: Yeah. You watch Matt Moore uh, walk down the field twice. The offense can't do anything. McCown throws the pick at the end, and it's, you know, of course. Like, it's Josh McCown. Like, what do you expect? I mean, this is what you're going to get. You're going to get... You know, bad decisions, bad plays. Uh, you know, just because he's thirty plus years old doesn't mean you know he's not going to make mistakes. But it, he's not that good a quarterback. This is the whole thing. You got to have a quarterback somebody that could win you a game at the end. Uh, you know, it's not just on the defense here. But it's it's a team that I never expected to win games.
2: So does Bowles bother you because his demeanor
0: is you know Parcells? No, I don't care. Just go out and win games. Exactly. I don't care about the press conferences. No, but you people know, the, get bothered by that. The press conferences are you know kind of next level. I had, you know, Mark Wiener uh, find, you know, some highlights from from Todd Bowles. I mean, it's not exactly the, you know, Herm edwards where it's Rex Ryan real mm-hmm. here. You plan on taking you this week to address the penalties
1: and new kind of? We've been addressing them. You anything
0: different this week or same as you did that one?
1: Well, a little different this week. It's different every week, but we just gotta find an answer for it.
0: Can
1: you tell us how different? Not real. <laughs> I love of- it. It's just um, a,
0: it's enlightening. Barely.
1: Not hopeful. It needs to get fixed. I'll be I mean, this is what. Yeah, you know, with Mickey Calloway, at, team, at least hopefully he
0: gets a personality. It's not like Girardi or me. you know Bowles They're is extremely them. dry.
2: It is more fun to have somebody with personality. I get it, but Rex Ryan had personality. Would you rather him be coaching your team? No, nah, it's over it. Uh,
0: you know, of course. you heard what he had to say after a while. There, you know, once you're at the podium sixty times explaining away a loss, uh, the the fire and brimstone approach starts it to wears thin. fall flat. So. You know, with Bowles, I don't care. I, I just want him to win games. I, I think he's done a pretty nice job with this team this year. You know who the most—you know who the most boring soundbite
2: is. Well, I mean, Bowles gives him a run for his money, but the most boring soundbite in the NFL. Who you got?
0: Bill Belichick. You he- know what, though? Belichick will go on long diatribes <laughs> about <laughs> about football. If you actually ask him a football question. He will talk for a long period of time, and I don't want to listen to it, Man, but I, I, I do enjoy reading the transcripts. Like, there's a Isn't lot funny, in though? there. And it's very monotone, so <laughs> you know it can be difficult to listen to. But if you read it, it's actually – he'll have some fascinating things. I don't know that Todd Bowles is teaching you anything while he's up there, entertaining you, giving you a whole lot of information. At least Belichick, once in a while, if struck by that right question, he will – teach you something that you didn't know about
2: football. He's even entertaining at times in a monotone, non-entertaining type <laughs> We're on manner. we Cincinnati. Yeah, right, but you get the point. These guys are football coaches. They don't want to be bothered with a writer's question about some nuance where they're talk- they've are they repeated it over. Yeah, obviously we've got penalties. We've got to clean up. We'll get it corrected. So, all right, maybe he could be a little more open and be nicer and have some more
0: fun with it. But ultimately, I don't know. I don't have a problem with that. I like that from a football coach. How about the Jets tank here? I want them to tank all year. I can't say I feel much differently about it, even though the quarterbacks are struggling at the college level. Uh, you, know, you might get Jets Darnold have, anyway uh, at
2: uh, fifteen. Yeah, <laughs> I'll
0: be all about it. Cause you know what? I've watched half of Darnold's games. He still has the tools, even if the, the numbers haven't been eye popping. You've seen, you know, the offensive line hasn't held up he very well, up well for one USC.
2: Year. People overreact.
0: Well, yeah, I, I you want to see tools? Is he? Still the leader of that team, unquestionably, like he was going into the year. I'd be curious about that. Uh, I don't see evidence otherwise, but it's hard to tell, you know, watching, you know, three games out of six. He could still make some throws that you go, oh geez, that's a great arm. That's a great read. I mean, he makes plays. Now, they haven't won a whole lot, but that doesn't mean that just because you don't win in college doesn't mean you're not going to win in the NFL. And there's this report that Darnold might stay at USC, I can understand people speculating that right now, but so much changes between now and when we get to the draft. He'll have a bowl game to play on national TV. But doesn't
2: that all play into the idea of why tanking is foolish to begin with?
0: In my Uh, opinion, no. I I think... You had five quarterbacks this year. I mean, this it's is a, a year scout. that you want to take a shot. At, I read this at a morning.
2: I read this morning from some scout, and again, who knows? Because it'll change next week. It'll change yeah. in two months. But they, they were saying, "Oh, none of these quarterbacks are you know well, trade up." Are the they top truly pick.
0: tanking anyway? If they have three wins? No, no. But that's my
2: point. They they aren't tanking, nor should they be, because if they were, you know, the whole blank for Sam, right? Was the was yeah, the campaign? Yeah. Okay, you could say it. I don't know if you're allowed. So that wouldn't have worked because you don't even know if he's coming out, and then you don't. Know if he's the guy that you thought he was because he's having a down you year. Have,
0: you have Josh Rosen, you have Lamar Jackson, you have um, you know the kid at Oklahoma. I mean, this is a, a deep class. Josh Allen had a lot of buzz early, that's kind of whittled away. But you have a, a number of quarterbacks that could be first round talents. You know, I, I think it's worth that shot. When the best you're going to do if you tried is six and ten. Anyway. anyway, all right. So
2: why not just try, see what happens, and you let the chips fall where what, they, they may. That's they always some, my philosophy. I tell you what, though, they may I, end up
0: with four wins anyway. Hopefully, I, I love Jamal Adams. Oh he my goodness! Play. They hit really well with him. Uh, they hit well with Leonard Williams, him who dropped May. a few years back. May I saw May duck away from Gronk at the end of the first half. Come on, but, yeah, know, it's, uh, it's not like it's a regular tight end. Uh, it's Gronk. You know, I understand. I mean, you can take a May shot at May and Adams, but Adams is everywhere. A- Adams
2: is great. Which was expected. He's going to be that leader of that defense. Yes. You need Mo Wilkerson to pick it up. I know that. Did you want, listen to the commentary on that game? It was Spielman and an announcer i never heard of, but they were yes. making it like everybody in New York media was lost for questioning the effort and play of the defensive line, in particular Mo Wilkerson. I, I got news for you, Chris. This is the first game maybe you're seeing of the Jets. We've watched them. We know Mo Wilkerson's a dog. Simple as that. So don't try
0: to tell me how, oh, the New York media he isn't play. He had a good game. It that was, was as well as he, he played up. a year and a yeah, half. exactly. Exactly. 710 to get involved. Uh, we'll get into the uh, the Giants, the Knicks. We'll play a little. What's worse in the eight o'clock hour? A lot to do. It's the Sports Zone with Pete McCarthy and Sal Licata on the Voice of New York seven ten W O R. We're back in the W O R Sports Zone. Here's Pete McCarthy and guest co-host Sal Licata. Oh, we're talking about tanking uh with the Jets which you know they're not really mm. doing this year with three wins and they've largely been competitive even in uh in their losses but you know the Browns they they are taking tanking to uh, the next level My how, goodness. About, how what do you think a Browns fan thinks watching that Monday Night football game and seeing Carson oh. wentz just winging Forget the football it. all over the field they were in the spot they where you want to be the number two pick they had him you had Wentz on the board and you trade out out of that
2: they had him they didn't believe in Wentz they didn't love him as a player and now they're rotating with Kaiser and yeah. Hogan as the other guy I mean, yeah I mean, yep. that is that's a mistake this
0: franchise has already been set back 20 30 years that's another that's another 2030 on top of it I mean they they should be in position for the number one overall pick I think them and the Niners are the only winless teams correct uh still floating around the NFL the Niners are at least competitive uh the Browns really haven't been at all and, you know, it's interesting. Uh, I guess LeBron James is a Browns fan. I don't really know yeah. where his sports alliances go. They seem to change every five oh. years in baseball. Uh, but but uh, he, he's a, a frustrated Browns fan, it sounds like.
1: I got a lot of opinions about the Browns, but I'm going to get into that right now.
3: <laughs> <laughs> i got quite a few. I was going to say, I'm struggling to remember when you last went. One
1: and two. Who, me, in my life? Yeah. Me? At what? That's what I'm saying. <laughs> You're gonna struggle for a long time. I ain't, and I, I ain't never won one in 22 or nothing.
3: And <laughs> yeah, they asked him
0: about uh, the, the Browns are one in 21 over the last 22, and uh, yeah, you hear LeBron at the end there. I mean that's he great. was he wasn't even like smirking or anything. He was dead serious. Never got one one for twenty two in anything. That's great. I mean that's an all time
2: great competitor. Not even ping pong or pool or bowling or anything like that. Never won it that's
0: a bad run, one of twenty two. Someone's gotta dig it up, right? You go to basketball reference or something, find that. That 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 cold shooting spell that he had, think you could find a one 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 for for 21 in there somewhere. (laughs) I mean, seriously, I wonder if you could. You might not be able to. I mean, he gets a rim so often that how would he have that long of a, you know, scoreless. I
2: would even, I mean, one for 15 would be a stretch. He's dunking one before you get to that point. I mean, he... <laughs> but the Browns, that is just an aptitude yeah. at another level. And by the way, just stick with a quarterback. Make a decision. It's either one or the other. Stick with it and run it out. Every week they're changing quarterbacks. Imagine that happening here. Oh, no, we're going to go with Petty. Oh, no, we're going to go with Hackenberg. No, no, this week we're going to go with Petty. Back to Hackenberg. And that's what they're doing every week. Well, Kaiser throws,
0: you know, four picks in the red zone. So sit him every down. Game. Yeah, well, what they did. It, but and then Hogan they can actually, you know, move the ball around against the Jets at least. And then they're back to Kaiser. Game. Yeah. I, I and mean, they're all over the place. Yeah, right. Uh eight hundred three two one zero seven ten, the number to get involved. Uh your chance to uh stay tuned after the news for your chance to win a thousand dollars. That'll be coming up. Tom Rock covers the Giants for Newsday at eight thirty-five. We'll play what's worse. Big eight o'clock hour coming up. It's Pete McCarthy and Salicata right now. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to has
1: anyone seen the bride and groom?